0: hey good afternoon everybody and thanks for joining me today as i share a dream i'm calling the precision dream Um, i want to highlight one thing first of all after i share this i encourage you to pray about it and pray through it don't just listen to me share a dream and say oh well this and that pray about it pray through it i can assure you that i personally spent about 37 to 38 hours praying about this dream that sheree has done the same maybe not that much I've been having it for a long time. I had this dream for 18 days in a row. On the 18th day, I had it is when the man showed up, and that to me is when I know the dream is either over or I'm, I'm learning what the dream is about <clears throat> necessarily. As the man responds, so um, I'm calling this a precision dream. And once again, I encourage you to pray through the dream. Just pray through the dream. You know, a lot of times I'll share a dream, and a half hour later, I have a I have a 20 page interpretation of the dream. Rather than doing that, I would rather you pray. It's okay, God, what am I supposed to do with this? What was said to me, Pastor Dan, what do I do with it? Pray about it. Ask the Lord to show you, okay? Uh, many of you have <clears throat> sent me comments and messages about different dreams I've had. Hey, I see this happening. This is happening now. We're still. I'm still understanding some of the dreams that I've had. Uh, there are still things that are becoming more and more clear after I've had them for a while and looking back. But nonetheless, once again, the most important thing that you can do is pray about what I'm saying. Don't just take it and run with it. Pray about it. Um, There's a portion of this dream that I have been I have been told to be very cautious in how I present it uh, because it involves potential natural events that will get your attention. And I'll talk about that when I get there. So I, I'm gonna instead of just reading through the whole dream and then going back and, and touching from the top back, I'm gonna read read the dream through and if each section give a little bit of interpretation, explanation of what's going on. Uh, I've gotten some insight from Sheree on this. <clears throat> I felt that I was supposed to do this dream by myself today. And other times I feel led to have her with me. And I appreciate her insight. Appreciate so many people that have insight with the dreams that I have. So once again, I'll share a little bit of the dream and then talk about the interpretation and then go on. And you'll see how it all mixes together at the end. When the dream started, it started on June 15, 2022. When the dream started, I was standing on the port of Los Angeles. And there was a sign that said Port of Los Angeles. I was standing in a shipping yard where the large containers were being lifted off of those ships by those huge those huge cranes. <clears throat> I saw eight jet black containers that were set on the ground about fifteen feet apart. So they were just stacked. You know, they were on the ground, but they were they were eight they were eight of them, and they were fifteen feet apart, going that way. And they were pristine,ly clean. Now, I've never seen jet black trucks. I've never seen uh, outside of some of the, the you know the delivery trucks and things like that, but these were these were shipping containers there was eight of them, and they were all jet black and they had large Chinese letters and when I say Chinese letter, I mean oriental letters i don 't speak Mandarin or write it uh, i don't I just know um, the characters and how they look to me, it looked as if it was Chinese letters, and so I put that out there just to say that's what I saw. And these large letters were in black, and they were they were they were black as well. But they were on a they were about five feet tall by five feet wide, and they had a brown black ground behind background behind them, so they stood out almost like 3D on the containers. And so obviously, the, the black indicates some clandestine plans that are being revealed, some darkness, some things that were there. They were very suspicious. They were just set aside. They were apart from everything else. So these things were taken off the ships, set down on the ground, 15 feet apart. They were full-size shipping containers. They were black. They had oriental letters written on the sides, and they were on a brown-black ground, so it made them step out like they were almost three-dimensional. If you looked at them, they almost stood out from the the trucks themselves. Now, it was light outside. This was was broad daylight, okay? It wasn't dark. It wasn't night. Um, And you could see, I could see a large clock tower that seemed to be high above the shipping facility, and it was exactly set on 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And and when I saw the clock said three o'clock, all the eight doors of those shipping containers began to bang. The eight black shipping containers that were on the ground, they all began to just make this huge like someone was inside trying to bang on them, trying to get out. No no people were there, but I saw I saw the, the, the things begin to shake. Uh they were banging violently. And so basically there was there was a hidden agenda about to be revealed. Things were being showed. The clock tower was showing us the signs. When Jesus went to the cross, At about the third hour, and it was dark on the earth for about three hours. So there, there are some timing there. But the clock was in the afternoon. Once again, I want, I want to emphasize this: it was bright light outside. It wasn't high noon, but you could see everything that was going on around them. Suddenly, the door opened of the first container to the to just the first container of the row, and a man in a military equipment rode out of that first container on a very large green dirt bike this was not a street bike by any means and, and when i say green my thought is kawasaki okay because when, in the 70s you had Hondas, suzuki's and you had kawasaki's and always the kawasaki's were green but these were um th- these these dirt bikes also had saddle bags on both sides they had very large knobby tires these these dirt bikes were higher cc higher caliber dirt bikes than just it wasn't a honda 50 i'm telling you that and and the guy pulls out on this bike uh on this motorcycle he's covered in military clothes got an ak-47 over his back i know weapons it was an ak-47 and he took his helmet off and as this helmet came off he stepped off the bike and put the kickstand down now this off-road bike off-road bikes can go anywhere uh they can go anywhere city country and when he took his helmet off he was revealing himself it was an oriental foreign man okay and I'm not going to be, this is by no means racist. This is not, by no means discriminatory. I'm just saying it was an Oriental man. It was Oriental letters. He was Oriental and began screaming towards the trucks or towards those shipping containers. He was pointing in different directions. So he's looking back at the trucks, He's gently, at the containers he's yelling, he's screaming. I mean violently, just hand coming down on his hand. He's pointing this way, he's pointing that way. He is violently, violently angry. His face was very, very red, and, and suddenly he just stops and he checks his, he checks his watch, put his helmet on, gets back on the motorcycle and starts it and just revs it, just revs and revs and revs and revs that 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 engine, in and it's uh, it's just why it's whining, it's whining, it's whining. He has not put it in gear, and all at once, that clock struck four o'clock, and when it struck four o'clock, there was this deep bell that rang and the whole earth shook. I mean, the whole earth just shook. Even where I was, I guess, standing in the the background watching, I could feel the earth shake around me and shake about me. So angry. Look, we got to face the fact that not just just the natural enemies of America, our spiritual enemy is angry right now as things are being revealed, doors are opening and things are happening, and people are starting to pray. I do believe the church is waking up. I do believe with some of the things that happened with Roe v. Wade, being overturned by the Supreme Court, <clears throat> has started a, an onslaught, an avalanche of, of things in the world. The Georgia Guidestones that were blown up uh, a couple days ago. This says that people are starting to get fed up with things that are happening. But the enemy is angry. The enemy is very angry at what we know, what we see, what we can understand. And when he looked at his watch and, he, and, the, and the clock struck four o'clock, we got to realize this. There, th- this time is not going to delay. Things are not going to slow down. Something is about to happen. Something is going on. And this guy that had been yelling and screaming and pointing at these these, these cargo, these shipping containers is now in his back revving up as the clock strikes four. And the other thing was that everything on that earth, everything that's going to be shaken, every, everything was shaking when that clock struck four. So honestly, I believe we're about to see something happen that's going to shake the earth and that's going to start, it's going to start a downhill trend of something then out of each of those containers those other containers including the one the man came out of came about 25 soldiers on the same kind of motorcycles they had the same kind of saddlebags and they had the same AK47s across their backs i could also see rpgs uh rocket propelled grenades lots of ammo weapons in those saddlebags and the saddlebags were hardly able to to go down and tie on and strap down the things that in them. In other words, these guys were loaded for bear. And when the first soldier took off out of that port, the one that was revving his engine and giving the instructions, when he took off out of that port, the rest of them followed. And I could see that they got beyond, when they got beyond the fence, the large fence of the Los Angeles port, they took off heavily, just speeding heavily in different directions. Ezekiel chapter 8, verse 16 and verse 18, there's a verse that says, He brought me into the inner court of the house of the Lord, and behold, at the entrance of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar were about 25 men with their backs to the temple of the Lord and their faces towards the east, worshiping the sun towards the east. Verse 18, Therefore I will act in wrath, and my eye will not spare, nor will I have pity, and though they cry in my ears with loud voice, I will not hear them. Now these weapons were definitely going to be used to attack. Now, we know the church has been under attack. Christ's credit centers have been under attack. But I also think about this. The Bible says judgment begins in the house of God. Now, I'm hearing more and more people who had called themselves Christians for many years stepping up and saying, I believe that Roe v. Wade should should not be overturned. And and, and we got people who are calling themselves Christians supporting abortions and things like that. And, folks, I'm going to tell you what. When the church begins to start supporting things that God calls abominable, judgment's going to come. And so judgment begins in the house of God. And I believe we're about to see a greater outpouring of judgment on the house of God, which is biblical in that sense. And that this could very well show that not just a tax on the country, but attacks on the church. The scene then changed. And this is the scene that I want you to understand. I'm going to be very cautious in how I interpret this part. The scene then changed. And I was hearing v- news reports. I was seeing newspaper articles. I was news articles. I was seeing news reporters. I was And and these seriously faced reporters were announcing deaths all over the country in both rural and metropolitan areas. And the reports were about water supplies and water systems being poisoned in various places around the country. I saw headlines suggesting entire communities poisoned in various places throughout the country. Entire communities poisoned through water supply, water supply attacks, water supply poison. Reporters were telling people not to drink, to drink nothing but bottled water and or, or water they knew was not connected to a local water supply. It was almost as if they were saying, if you got a well, you should be OK, but still, you might want to boil it. It was affecting both larger and smaller communities, but not every community. So this was not a nationwide thing, but it was impacting a lot of communities. It was impacting the West more than the other parts of the nation, according to the U.S. reporters who were reporting this news. They were announcing that there were National Guard units fully armed who were now watching water supplies in some of the bigger cities, bigger parts of the nation. It was reported that thousands of people had died and that hospitals were full of heavily poisoned people getting medical treatment and that FEMA, center, FEMA centers and camps were being set up in those regions where people had been the most heavily poisoned and the water supply damaged. It was an emergency broadcast announcement that was running along the bottom of the TV screens and monitors stating that the boiling of water was not, I repeat, the boiling of water was not an effective way of making any water safe. I then saw the clock tower above that municipal water supply and its hands pointed to 4.05 in the afternoon. Once again, broad daylight. So we're definitely seeing some type of an attack. Now, this could be a spiritual attack in the sense of what's going on, the deceptions, not knowing what's happening, not knowing what we're drinking. But I do believe there's a natural aspect to this dream because of what I'm seeing. The 405 brings us the idea that there's a countdown. The soldiers take off, and now the, now we're seeing things with the water supply. Uh, the reporters were reporting what was happening in the natural. The poisoned waters was happening in the natural. But just the most important thing about the dreams, I believe, are the spiritual aspects. You know, being careful what we drink, being careful what we put into our body, being careful what we listen to, making sure that we, that we test every spirit, making sure we listen carefully for the Word of God to be uh, be a part of what we're doing, that we discern carefully those things that are going on, those things that are going on in our world. And also that we are cautious and careful what we are consuming, what we're consuming. now. As once again, I was, there was kind of a warning. I need to be careful about this part of the dream. So I don't want to say a whole lot more, but I am going to say this. I do believe there's a natural aspect to this. And I've talked to plenty of people in the last six months, eight months who have told me they've had concerns about the water supply. Um, and I know that Sharia had, had a sense of that as well. So that's what I'm going to say about that next. I thought fo- I saw four. Lo- I need to throw into one of the part of this. Uh, after I had the 18 days of dreams, I had two times when I had just a short one. I saw this. I saw some people watching TV monitors in airports and in homes, and they were covering their mouths. It was like they were seeing some, whatever was happening on the TV was so terrifying. So it was like a 9 11 nine, event. They were covering their mouths, and what they saw it was summer because I saw the grass was brown. It was browning from the heat. But it was on the screens of every TV in America. There were people crying, embracing each other. And they were seemingly in shock. So obviously, fear is going to be a big weapon the enemy uses. Uh, I'm sure there'll be another pandemic that's going to be ter- far terribly worse than the last one we had. We need to do this and get you know, all the things that go with that. But the people that were watching the news, they weren't looking up. And that's the key to that part, I believe. We cannot be as afraid as everybody else is of what they're seeing and the things that are happening and going on in America or around the world. We've got to be looking up, and that's where, you know, look up for your redemption draws near. If we're looking at the news and covering our mouth in horror, that means that we are, we're not speaking because of fear. And folks, right now, the church needs to be fully aware of what's happening around us, but not afraid of what's happening around us. And I believe that ties very, very, very much into the dreams. The next thing I saw was four lines of light that seemed to be coming up from the border, all the way from Texas to California. And the lights coming up reminded me of old video I had seen during the Vietnam War of people coming up the Ho Chi Minh Trail with lanterns at night. It seemed that many people were coming from the border, but in a very organized way. And they moved north, hundreds of miles, all the way from California to Texas. And I saw four specific lines, four specific lines of light that were making their way north, very, very much north. They moved north hundreds of miles from California to Texas with the, bright, with the lights bright enough to be seen from space. They all stopped moving at once. And when they did, smaller light trails from within the U.S. started moving towards the big light where the movement had stopped. So you got all these movements coming up and they stop. And then suddenly, smaller lights start attacking them. Now look, I could very much see this as being sleeper cells, more people coming, and the cells getting larger and larger. And it was like watching moths drawn to a flame, those smaller ones. And the source light kept getting bigger and bigger. As the smaller lights came in, the light where they had stopped. You see, literally, those coming up from the bottom kept falling until they got to where the light had stopped. So you got this circle of lights. you got other people coming in. It was like watching as I said. And the source light kept getting bigger and bigger. And then it flashed. All four places flashed all at once. And then the the smaller lights were attached to it. Everything went dark for a moment. And then it pulsed. Almost like, a, like a, a slow light just going on and off. And then it exploded. And light was, was spreading over hundreds of miles from the source of that explosion. Some, wherever those four lights had gotten large and it exploded, everything was pushed from that point out. And then I saw a clock tower again. And it stood high above the ground and it showed the time to be 4.10. 410. I saw small ember, small embers of flames that were coming down around the clock, but not catching the ground on fire. Although it looked like it should It looked like fire coming down. But once again, these, 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 from these explosions, the lights were spreading out and they were going. So the circle was here, but the flames were going, it seemed like hundreds of miles beyond them. So there was a lot of intimidation going on in this sense. It seemed like a worldly attack. Uh, and the trails seemed to be inroads for the enemy. So spiritually speaking, Make sure you know what's happening in your life when it comes to how the enemy is working. Make sure you're telling people you're accountable to uh, the weak areas in your life so that you can pray through those things in those areas as well. Uh, the moths, uh, they were blindly following, although to their own harm. And many of us have seen uh, bugs hit those, those, those bug lights at night. And you see them just coming in and you hear the, the, the electric shock and it kills them. And uh, we used to have one outside my garage, and I remember many times my mom would say, hey, go clean that out. And all it was was you kind of turned it upside down or sideways, and it would be like all these bug carcasses coming out. So whatever happened, it was drawing other people into it. Um, the light and explosion—it it wanted to be—it was seen, and the lights coming up. There was no hiding what was coming up that trail. These things were—these things were coming up clearly. And once again, it is daylight. It is daylight when this is going on. The Hoshi Minh Trail reference was to like when they were coming up at night, but you could clearly see these lights coming from south, from all the way from California to Texas, up the border, up to you know from the border and up. These were definitely coming across the border and making their way up. And when other people met them, this thing exploded. Now, there was shock and awe for a while. But there was also fear that was cast out by this. You know, and once again, the 410, we're counting towards the next thing. Things are shifting. Things are happening. And then there was sudden silence, and it permeated the atmosphere. And I saw the clock strike 415. And suddenly there was this alarm alarm going off, almost like you would have a tornado, siren, um, a long whale was, was was taking place in the background. And this, this whale was going across the entire nation. This wasn't just the focused on one area. So, but it was almost as if no one was hearing the alarm. People didn't seem to know that they heard the alarm. I could hear it in the dream, but nobody else seemed to hear it. And so that silence was almost like knowing, not knowing what was coming next, not knowing what's coming next. But that alarm was saying, hey, there's something happening, something's coming. But you still had the people covering the mouths. You had the, you had the, the explosions from the, from the trail of, of whatever it was coming up from the, from the border. And you had that sudden silence. And that sudden silence, everything. and then suddenly, just in the background, that, that wail of that siren started. And then the scene changed. And I saw churches of all shapes and sizes nationwide, and they were surrounded by mobs of people screaming. They had placards. They had signs. Uh, but this was more than just about the overturn of Roe v. Wade. This was more about li- than just liberal agendas or drag queens talking to kids in libraries. These people were chanting hostile threats. They were going to burn the churches down. They were going to kill the Christians. These were these were not idol threats. These were, we are going to kill you. We're going to burn your church. If we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Now, there were some staying some distance away from the church, but they were all about 150 feet away. There was a little bit of considerable distance between the protesters and the people yelling and screaming. And inside those churches, I could hear people leading others in prayer. But I'm telling you what. No one was praying very much out loud. There was no power. There was no authority in their prayers. It was just simple things like, oh, God, you got to help us. Oh, God, can you save us? Oh, God, look out there. People were looking out the windows, and they were and they were kind of telling back, hey, there, the crowd's getting bigger. The people, there's more people out there. And yet, at the same time, nobody inside of that prayer time was stepping up the prayer and being aggressive with it. The crowd kept surging. There was no power, no authority in the prayers, and then suddenly. I saw five different churches. It was, like, it was like one in the Midwest, two in the Northeast, North Southeast, Northwest, Southwest. I saw one church in each of those areas. And I saw arrows were being fired into the crowd from the roof of those churches, like, like bow and arrows. And each of these arrows scattered the hostile crowds from that far back from the church. Because they hit the pavement and they scattered and the protesters began to flee. So now this is this the scene itself is not one of the attacks but it's an attitude I believe towards the church towards Christians toward believers towards the ministry. And I do believe that those five churches that I saw represent the fivefold ministry that we need in power in operation in our church world today. And God God needs to use us in miracles and healings. We need the, we 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 need we need the apostolic. We need the, the Pentecostal. We need the we need the the spirits of, the spirit of God moving over. We need the gifts of the Spirit working in our lives. We need the hand of the power of God. And I believe that those five churches represent because it was the same person. I'm going to share that in a minute. It was the same person on all five of those churches that were shooting the arrows, and they were shoot, they were shot out with precision with care. That we're going to need the church to start acting like the church, being the church, doing, the, doing what you're supposed to do in that regards. And these arrows were against the words of attack, and it was our weapons of our warfare, our warfare, which is prayer, pray without ceasing, pray in the, in the spirit. And when these things hit the people, they were not targeting people, but the issues. What was happening on the ground was the issues. We we realize, folks, that we are also not against flesh and blood. And what the point of this whole thing was, I believe I was saying, was God was saying, you're not attacking the people, you're attacking the issue. The enemy behind them, the the devil that's in them, pushing them to to laugh and and to scream and to yell and do all those things. As I watched those people scrambling, I noticed there was an archer on each of those five churches, and it appeared to be the very same man firing those arrows. Same man, all five locations, doing the same thing. And they were firing those arrows at precisely the very same moment. The minute that that that, that arrow left those fingertips, it left the fingertip of the same man in all five locations at the very same time. Now, this this indicates to me that the Lord was fighting on behalf of those who were praying specifically and accurately. I'll throw that word in aggressively and, and strategically. In other words, he was saying it was precisely the timing was significant with God. Yes, the churches were being, you know, the people were getting closer and closer and closer to the churches. But the people inside were not praying with power and authority. And then I realized in the dream that the alarm had been going off the whole time. But the people in the church had been so concerned about the crowd, they weren't hearing the alarm. Now I've been going off from that clock this entire time and it finally stopped as the man started walking towards me. And it was the man that I see in my dreams with the arrows. He had a quiver full of sheer white arrows. Sheer white. They almost they almost it was almost a like glow in the dark, even though it was the middle of the afternoon. And each of these arrows had an extremely sharp point. It, th- this was more than just something to kill a deer with; these things were innate. They were—they were just really, really cool and ornate. Almost, if the only thing I can even compare them to is seeing something—if—if uh, if elves were real, like from the Lord of the Rings, what those elven archers would have pulled out of their of their quivers. He then pulled over his back this very large. Crossbow, large, or large, large, longbow. Matter of fact, when he put it on the, when he put it down in front of him, the bottom touched the ground and the top was about head high. It was, it was as big as he was. This was a huge, huge longbow. So the alarm stopped. Now look, the alarm stopped when, when God shows up. There's peace when He speaks, and and even though the world may be alarmed, and think about the people watching the TV programs and the news, they were shocked, they were in awe, they could not believe what was happening. But God knows the timing. He knows how to. He knows how to work us. He knows how. He knows how to show us to fight through the threats and the fears. And folks, I'm telling you, we can no longer pray without direction, without distinction. We've got to pray out loud. We've got to pray out loud. We've got to pray out loud. My church will tell you that for the last seven, or eight years, I've encouraged them. Folks, pray out loud. Pray out loud. Pray out loud. Kathy I just saw what you said. Pray out loud is so important because it instills confidence in you and instills confidence in me. And the people in that church, they had no confidence in their prayers. They were more worried about what was happening outside the crowds that were coming to them. But the quiver that, 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 that God had, that Jesus had, was full. And we've got to make sure that we are full of purity ourselves and we, When we aim the arrows, that go the right way, they do the same. Because the sharp point, the sharp point's the word. And if we'll speak the word in truth, if we'll share the word in truth, if we'll, if we'll preach the gospel, declare the gospel, let the gospel be established in our lives, it's going to make a difference in who we are and what we do. We've got to pray out loud, folks, I'm telling you. And, that's, and I'm telling you, my church will say that. I have been telling them, folks, we got to pray out loud, we've got to pray out loud, we've got to pray out loud, we've got to pray out loud. Why? Because it's going to make a distinction in the way that we pray. That man then stood silent for a few moments. He surveyed the area. But then he turned and just looked and was watching around the church area. And he said, there must be precision in your prayers from this point forward. Absolute precision to counter the noise and the violence that will be aimed at the body. Hey, folks, the noise and the violence is what the church does not need to respond to or react to. I know we're thankful that Roe v. Wade got overturned. It goes back to state. We have got a president already looking at executive orders. The battle, the battle hasn't gotten the any, any, the battle just actually got kind of worse. We've got to continue to speak. And I, I saw the article where you know he said, "I'm going to do executive orders because I've had so many complaints from my party." Well, what if five million or ten million Christians call the White House and say, "Hey, we want you to hear from our side." We're glad Roe v. Wade's going back to States. We're glad it was overturned. So why don't you listen to five or 10 million Christians that don't want to see our country got, have judgment brought down on because of an executive order that our president puts out. You see, we got to be faithful. We got to be strong-hearted. We got to be vocal. We got to be quiet. We cannot be quiet. We got to be loud and let people know what's happening. We got to speak up, folks. Because the people in that church, they had no power, no authority in their prayer. And God is saying, get with it. Get on it there's power and authority available. And we cannot respond to the news or the, or the noise that's out there. We've got to hear what the Lord says and do what he says to and Pray specifically and pray with precision. In other words, precise prayers. Not just generic things. You know, the Bible says every idle word will be judged. I think every idle prayer will be judged too. And then he says this. The church must remember it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit that will help you walk straight. Through the battle, this thing is spiritual, folks. What we're fighting is spiritual. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not the White House or Congress that we're fighting, it is spiritual things in darkness that have invaded this country and, 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 and dilute, deceived and diluted the minds of those around us. That's the focus of our attack. We've got to pray spiritually, we got to pray with precision. Arrow like prayers that will hit the target take out the enemy we got to walk straight through it we can't stop because the enemy's threats and i really believe wholeheartedly this dream is telling me that bigger threats are coming against the church and the body of christ and we cannot stop when they come we have to brace ourselves and keep moving forward brace yourself and keep moving forward stay braced as you're moving now and then he said this there must be precision and power in your prayers there must be. He said that there must be precision and power in your prayers. There must be. The war has arrived and those awake are on the front lines now and you will never be able to get away from that line. Let me say that again. He said, the war has arrived and those awake are on the front lines, and you will never be able to get away from that line. The battle's here, folks. It's not going away until we're gone. The Lord raptures us or we pass away. It's not going to stop. You'll never be able to get away from that line. And then he says this, absolute precision is required in your prayers. Folks, if you're not on the front line, I want to ask you, why not? Where are you? You can't hang back anymore. I need God needs everybody on that front line, eyes open, short, sharp, shields up, arrows in the quiver, ready to go, actually one of the bow ready to go. We can't stop because the enemy threats, and we have to always be praying, always praying, always doing warfare as soldiers of the Lord. It is not the time to stop fighting anymore. We cannot do it. It's not he just said it's not gonna stop. It's gonna get worse and worse and worse, but we gotta continue to stand and hold the ground and occupy until he comes. And after saying this, he quickly put an arrow into the bow and he shot it straight up in the air. He took a defensive position shot that thing straight up in the air and just kept looking. He wasn't looking around at the crowd or the people near the church. He shot it straight up in the air, and that arrow never came back down. I I found myself kind of looking, watching, waiting for it to come back down, and it never came back down. He kept looking into the air where he shot it, and he never looked back at me. You know what? The Bible says, you know, that the word will not return void. I promise you our prayers will not either. He shot it straight up. Look up for your redemption draws nigh. Our eyes need to be on him. Our hearts need to be on him. Our, our understanding needs to be left with him. Precisely praying. Praying with precision. Every prayer that we pray and making a difference. Never leaving that line. Never, Never being distracted by the noise and the violence. He shot those, that arrow straight up into heaven. And looking up, he was demonstrating to us how we do warfare. We keep our eyes on him. Our hands and our fingers have been prepared for battle and for war. God is working. God is moving in us, and he can prepare you. But folks, we got to do more than just pray out loud. We've got to pray aggressively. We've got to pray specifically. We've got to pray strategically. We've got to pray with intention and motivation. We are to watch and pray and keep believing. When Nehemiah was building the wall, they basically built with, with a sword in one hand and a tool in the other. And they kept fighting. They kept working. We've got to keep praying, folks. And we've got to pray aggressively. We've got to pray with precision. Generic, general prayers do not work in the setting in which we're in. And the Bible, the God's calling the church to pray like it's never prayed before. With passion, with courage, with intensity, with fire, with fervor with urgency, and with precision. And then, as he's looking in the eyes, uh, in the sky, he said, remember to be precise, as it matters more than ever now. As it matters more than ever right now. He never looked back at me. He's looking in the air, where he shot the arrow, and he simply says, remember to be precise, as it matters more than ever right now. Our prayers will not return void. Our prayers will not return void. He tells us to stay faithful. In 2 Kings chapter 6 in verse 15 and 17, when the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And he said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. All around Elisha. Folks, I believe that God is calling the church to step it up and to pick it up. I believe the majority of my dreams have been calls to prayer, have been calls to get back on our knees, have been calls to aggressively pursue God when it comes to how we pray and what we pray. We need to be praying specific prayers for the White House, for Congress, for the Senate, for those of the in court. We need to be praying for governors and mayors and local leaders. We need to ask the Lord to use us to make a difference, and we need to ask the Lord to get our voices where they can be heard. No matter how, 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 how much censorship comes, we've got to speak up and we have got to pray. And I'm telling you what, folks, there is something I will tell you right here and right now. I feel led in my spirit to confirm this to those that are watching this now who will watch it later. You need to start praying out loud. I, your kids need to hear you pray. Your coworkers need to hear you pray. People in your church need to hear you pray. We've got to we won't even pray out loud. We have raised a generation of people that know how to pray out loud because we don't do it. We don't do it. And that's my heart. I received something today in the mail. That I am, I have been blessed by. Uh, I was interviewed by Colonel Alan West, and I appreciate the man's military background, his love for the nation. I appreciate his heart. And he interviewed uh, myself and two other pastors just because of our stand on, on various agencies and various things. And he sent me and the other two guys one of these. This is a, a tomahawk, about this big, you can see, pretty large. Uh, it's got black robed regiments. On one side of it, it's got Second Timothy 4, 2 through 5. On the other side, uh, name is, is laser engraved. Uh, a guy from a business in Kansas did this. And uh, I, I received this as part of the interview. I'm, I'm honored to have that. But it reminds me, the Black Robe Regiment was those pastors during the American Revolution who said, congregation, get out there and do something, but, but follow me while I do it. And this reminds me, this reminds me that I can no longer be silent in the pulpit. I've not been, but I will never be silent again in the pulpit about the things that we're facing, the things that we're seeing, the things that are going on. I can no longer be quiet about uh, the abortion situations or the incredible, terrible things that are being pushed by the White House or Congress on this nation. I will no longer be silent, and I'm encouraging my congregation and those that are online watching me now to step up, stand out, and speak out. Pray with precision. Pray with absolute precision. Everything you pray. Pray specifically. Pray for conviction for the White House, of the Congress, of the Senate, for the Supreme Court. Pray for conviction for the nation. Because we know judgment's coming, folks, on the house of God. We know that, we know that situations have, 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 have happened that from not just the dreams, but from the word of God. Paul said, last day's perilous times will come. We're there. 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 So look, stop compromising. Clean up your lives. Let the Holy Spirit work in your hearts, draw you closer to Jesus. Stop compromising. Clean up the way you talk. Clean clean up the way you live. Start being the person you're supposed to be. Start being the example. Start having the testimony of who God is in your life. And start seeing what God will do in you, with you, and through you as you do those very things. I believe that this dream is a call to the church to straighten up, act up, stand up, and speak out. I've never said, God, I'm done with the dreams. On about day 15, I was like, okay, God, this is starting to really frustrate me. But I understand also the reason that kept coming was that reminded me we've got to warn the church. I will gladly stand in my position as a watchman, and I will call the church to repentance. I will call the church to prayer. I will call I will call the church to be stronger. I will call people, I will call men and women, God, to seek the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit more than we ever needed it before. In, in the natural world, we need supernatural power in and working in us, with us, and through us in every aspect of our lives and our day. Folks, he told us. You're on the front line. There's no going back. There's no surrender. There's no retreat. We're going to be on that front line until he comes. So stay on that front line. Stay on that front line. Do not compromise. Do not back away. Do not stop going forward. Keep yourself braced, but keep moving forward. I was praying about the front line a couple weeks ago, and I heard the Holy Spirit saying, Lord, you know, front line is a hard place to be. Holy Spirit just simply said the, the front lines where all the action is. And that's where all the action is. That's where God is. That's where the angels are. That's where the battle's going on. You know, uh, Elisha prayed and the man was able to see the spiritual, supernatural things around him. I don't have to close my eyes and, 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 pray, and act like I'm seeing angels. I know he's there. I know God's working. But I'm telling you what. He's calling us to pray with precision, and he's calling us to pray with authority, and he's calling us to do a lot more than we've ever done before. And I'm praying, I'm praying, I am praying that we as the church cannot just break through that front line. We can push beyond it. Now, look, I know there's an Antichrist coming into power real soon. I know the world's changed. I know the globalists and the elitists think they have it all taken care of, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fight till my last breath. I'm going to keep encouraging the church. I'm going to continue to take a proud part in the Black Robe Regiment. And I'm going to continue to be a pastor that speaks the truth, deals with the national things, the congressional things, the White House things. I'm not going to stand down. And I know I'm going to pay a price for it. I know that. I know that. I already am in some sense in ways you you folks will never know about or understand. But as a pastor, I'm calling you as a believer and as a Christian, let's get busy. Stay on the front line. Don't back down. Don't look back. Pray with absolute precision. I want to pray, folks. God in heaven, I am asking that the Spirit of the Lord would come upon us. That there would be an excitement, there would be a fire, there would be a power, there would be a firestorm of the Holy Spirit unleashed in our lives so that we can be a witness and have a testimony to share with the watching world. And I pray that we will will pray more than we ever prayed. And God, I pray we'll pray with more effectiveness Your word says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I'm asking you, God, to just increase that, intensify, that exponentially intensify that kind of prayer. So that we can make a difference in this nation, in this world, and today, tomorrow, and the days that follow. And that no matter what happens, no matter how hard it gets or how bad it gets, no matter how close those bullets are zipping by our head, may we keep our eyes on you. Spirit of the living God. Fill our hearts with boldness. Fill our hearts with fire. Fill our hearts with a greater willingness and desire to serve you like we've never served you before. And I pray, Lord, you would continue to send dreams and visions and prophetic words to every generation on the planet right here, right now, both in America and every nation of the world. I pray, God, you'll raise up dreamers in Iran and Iraq. I pray you'll raise up dreamers in Lebanon and Jordan and Saudi Arabia. I pray, God, we'll see dreamers in Africa and South America and Central America. I pray, God, we're going to see an outpouring of your spirit like we've never seen before as we pray with precision and with power and with fire and authority and with an intentional desire to know you more. May the world see Christ in us. May the world see Christ in us. And we're asking this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Pray with precision, folks. I purposely have set my office up this way because behind me is another one of those pictures that uh, that Vanessa Harbinera had, had made. And what I like about it is Jesus standing in the Word there's some Hebrew letters in the background, but his feet are kind of entrenched in the word. Can't see it real well. But this inspires me. I know it's, it's going to be easy to be fearful, and this dream says that fear is going to come. Fear is, fear is going to be what the enemy does. i am tell you what, folks. This is i It's time to move out. It's time to move out. Forces, army, military, whatever, you, whatever backgrounds you have, military or not, our marching orders are go. So let's go make disciples, tell the world about Jesus, pray like we never prayed before and make a difference out there today. All right, folks, thank you for being a part of this. And I pray that you pray through the dream as well. Don't just write down all these things. Pray and say, OK, God, what does this mean? How, how do I need to interpret this? And, and I, I believe God does give the interpretations. I'm thankful for Cherie. I'm thankful for the notes, some of the notes that she sent me, the things that I've seen, things that she sees. But I'll tell you what, except us now. We got the word. we know what the word says, and the word says, "Go and make, go and do, Go and be available to help the world see who Jesus is. Appreciate all of you that, all of you that do serve, and uh, those that have served the military have a whole different understanding of how, how, how movements how, how how the military moves and works. I'm appreciative of your, your support for my country. You're fighting for my country so I can have the nation in which even though things are crazy here, I tell you why I love America. I love this country. I love the freedoms and the values that we were founded on. And I will continue to fight for them with a tomahawk in my hand. Hey, God bless, folks. Thank you for joining today and just continue to pray through the dreams. All right.